We work with many people within veterinary medicine on their finances. Over the years, we have compiled a list of things that worry people the most. Today, we want to share with you the top five scariest things people have shared with us and hopefully bring more confidence to how you're approaching financial planning. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets. This is CJ Burnett and Tom Seco. We're financial advisors that work with veterinarians, practice owners, and veterinary community across the United States. We are the owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors and the host of the Smarter Vet Financial Podcast. Our mission is to provide a different way of thinking to make financial decisions easy so you can spend time doing other things. Make sure to check out all of our other great resources available on our website, such as complimentary race CEs, assessments, videos, articles. We'll have some master classes going on there soon. Find all of this by going to flvetadvisors.com. And if you also want to listen to our podcast, you can see all of the episodes through our website. And if you're finding this episode or our podcast to be incredibly helpful, what we could do is use your help. We're always looking to get more people reviewing and rating and giving us some feedback about our show. If you're on Apple, make sure to rate us or Spotify. If neither of them, just visit our Facebook page, the Smarter Vet Financial Facebook page, and write us some love. Give us a review. We'd love to hear from you. All right. So this, uh, in light of Halloween coming up next week, right, we're less than a week away, uh, we figured we'd have something that kind of matched the theme of being scary. And uh, t- Tom, what are you guys going? Are you guys walking around the neighborhood this year in, in costumes? Well, having a... Doing? two-year-old it's kind of expected now and especially <laughs> they all want to dress up my daughter's <laughs> in between rapunzel bell a pumpkin uh it's been very complicated to try to figure out something for her but i think uh yeah my, my daughter's gonna end up dressing up as bell i'm supposed to be accompanying her as gaston uh so for any of you who are disney buffs out there i think theodore is going to be completely random my little dog theodore is going to be a bumblebee so i'm I don't even know. My, my daughter just wanted that. So it's it'll be fun. We have a lot of kids in the neighborhood too. So she'll be able to run around and grab candy. Kind of a theme. Go ahead. So so you have kind of a theme going on with the uh, with the Bell and Gaston. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time recalling kind of. what my wife's going to be. It seems like we plan these things and then we shifted it up so quickly that it's escaping me at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you're getting, you're getting kind of close though. Got to get those costumes in before too long. This is like the first year that we're not really... I think we're mm-hmm. just going to hand out candy in front of the house and just... Wave to neighbors and I did that last out. year. So we set we up a table much. and put up a bunch of candy and we walked away for a moment and these kids came walking by and I swear they just took the bowl and like dumped it in their bag. All the candy we bought. And I'm like, oh. okay, I don't know if I don't know if we want to put candy out again this year, or if we do, I was like thinking maybe we can get like a scary That's... skeleton with a bowl that had like a camera or something like that. <laughs> that said something. I'm watching. Yeah, I don't you. know. <laughs> I don't know if a camera is gonna help. Yeah. So I think uh, when it comes to scariest things, like so, we thought, what are the scariest things? What are the five scariest things that our clients have said to us that they experience, especially within their finances? And the first one, I will say, thinking about something that's pretty scary, is a lot of people are really worried that they're spending way more money than they make, or they're kind of stuck in a in a spot where they're living paycheck to paycheck, and they're always worried about when that next 
thing, that next accident's going to happen where they're going to need money and they don't have enough money to actually pull from. What I find very interesting about this struggle a lot of people have or what it, it frightens them is there's most often very little focus on what they're actually spending or how much money they're making. And the the scary part about it is it's just their bills come in. They make a paycheck and then they just keep doing what they're doing and they always feel like they're behind and never really getting ahead. And one thing is the cash that they have in their accounts, it's been pretty stagnant because they save up some money, it gets wiped out, and maybe they don't save any money and their entire plan just feels like they're just not really getting ahead. And I think oftentimes people are sitting there, especially as we're talking to people and they're really worried about money, cash flow, they're not being able to save anything. A lot of the times they think that they need to figure out more about where their expenses are going. Or like they, they think that by spending less, they're going to somehow figure it out. And budgets oftentimes can actually be counterproductive. Then people think that a budget is going to help them stay within a particular boundary. But like really what helps us stay in a boundary is like, really, we just have to make sure it happens. Now, some people have an income problem and they just don't have enough income. And that's different, right? Like if you, like it may, you may not be in a place where you're trying, like spending less would actually be possible. And really what you want to do is consider how you can maybe be able to increase your income and then be able to save more, maybe take an extra shift a month or whatever in order to figure out how to how to increase savings that way. Well, we've always talked with people about doing one of the best ways to approach handling this type of situation is one, if you don't track your spending, that could always be a really good place to start. We do have a, a tremendous tracker you can use that has a tutorial on YouTube, walks through on the steps of how to create a spending plan. You can also talk about it being a budget, but you can get that if you want to download it yourself, you go to tracker.flvetadvisors.com and download a copy for yourself. And it'll actually give you direct access to the tutorial. But at the same time, when it comes to being able to get a little bit more control over spending and, and really being able to see what's happening is if you don't know what's coming in and what's going out, that's always going to be a problem. But there is, you know, the saying more money, more problems. So when you actually start making more money, it's very easy to start buying more things. So when you can create a structure on how much you're actively saving, and I know we've probably talked about this ad nauseum if you are an active listener of ours, that you should be getting to at least 20% of your gross income and savings. So wherever the rest of your money goes, if you want to spend it, that's entirely up to you. But if you're not there and you're like, this is a constant struggle for you, then you have to start somewhere without any clarity on what you're doing. It's going to be very hard to get past that. The next thing I know that this is kind of timely, student loans. I mean, how many conversations have I had about student loans over the last month? I think it's probably more than I've had my entire career just because the student loan payments are going to start coming back. We haven't, I, I, has it been three years since we've- Wow, paid, yeah, I think they like, stopped them in like payment. around May of 2020. It's yeah. been, been a so three and a half probably, years yeah. or so, yeah. So I think a lot of times, a lot of people are now really worried about their student loans, figuring, okay, well, before, maybe they even were scared, like they were always spending as much money as they're making or- like we were talking about just five seconds ago. And now student loan payments are going to start doing. And now they're worried about how am I going to make my student loan payments and make all the payments that I'm that I'm doing right now, which again, you might want to examine your expenses. And if your expenses can't be cut, then consider about how you can maybe increase your income. Student loans, I will say, are a very stressful conversation for many people. And there's many different belief systems and thoughts around, hey, I should repay them really fast. And some people are like, yeah, I, I really don't care. And it's a fa very fascinating, the differences of thoughts and opinions that people have from the conversations. And when we always think about student loans, one of the best ways that you can always approach them is just finding a way to be able to satisfy your repayment of them and actually save money. Because when you approach one over the other, so let's say just paying student loans, and then you don't save anything over time, you're giving up a lot of control in your financial life. 
And what happens is that most people have to result back to more debt. They're taking out credit cards or they're having to put their life on pause because they're so laser focused. And then they realize, well, I'm not going to even be able to make a dent in this. And there are people we've talked to that have hundreds of thousands of dollars and their income just cannot support it. Like every dollar of their income would go to it. So really being able to just get a better understanding of how can I at least satisfy and keep current so, you know, the, the, the debt collectors or the department of education doesn't start trying to come after you and, and ding your credit and be able to save at the same time. Yeah. I think I always go back to debt free isn't financially right. free. If you're still living paycheck to paycheck, if you, if you got no padding and you pay off your student loans, you got no money and you have no assets to speak of. Well, next thing you know, the next, whenever you need money, you're just going to go back into debt. I know recently we had uh, someone within our office say that uh, investing was scary. Like she, she literally said that the other day. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Even people who like are in a back office, like they say, oh, investing is scary, especially when they're young, right? And they've never, they don't have a whole lot of experience with it. So I think even investing in general for a lot of people is very scary, especially when you look at the world right now with like what's going on between the war in Ukraine, still with what's going on with the Gaza Strip and Israel and all the unrest and the political nonsense that's going on in our world right now. I mean, it's pretty nuts to consider like, yeah, this is a great time to put money in investments, right? Like when, when everything's falling apart, I think just starting on the investment side, a lot of people are very scared right now to actually get started. And, and this does not necessarily just mean young people. I will say that um, Tom, Tom and I now have a client that who's like in his fifties and he's just now getting into investing, right? So he's, and uh, not to say, I, I apologize for all of our listeners who are in their fifties. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes. I, I didn't say you're young, right? I, I, I'm sorry. Right. You're, but you're not old. You're not old either. Okay. Um, there, I'm just going to dig a hole. There's never just a bad keep, time to start. Just keep digging really the way to put this. Never a bad time. Well, and I think that especially when it comes to investing, a lot of people, they, they never do start because it's so scary as opposed to just like, sometimes it's better to just start something and like, watch and see because usually when you start it that's when you start learning it's kind of like if you don't know how to play soccer go on a field and start mm -hmm. playing soccer right like just do something go kick a ball like you don't know how to kick a ball you don't know how to play soccer well the best time to start is like now because you're never going to learn off the field you got to get in the, the game that comes to my mind around investing is understanding your duration or the time frame on what you're trying to invest for because what I I think it was even a, another person in our office had made mention that they watched their account almost every day. <laughs> and their spouse eventually said, you need to stop doing that. And if you're investing it for purely for the fact of, let's say, longer term down the road to be able to not have to work for a paycheck, or let's say you're putting money aside to be able to access within the next few years, when you really know the purpose of why you're doing it, that should help give you more confidence of taking that step. When it comes to what kind of risk you're taking and the things that you're doing, uh, really is going to be dependent on really on how you feel to a certain point. But the other notion of it is, well, you might be a little bit more of an aggressive person and you might want to take on a little bit more risk from a buying more stocks. If you're a little bit more on a conservative side, you might want to look at buying some more bonds. And, and these things you shouldn't veer away from like what CJ was saying, like it's something that you should at least take a look into and start doing because especially when you do it the first time, it's going to be hard. But then after you start doing it, it's kind of like riding a bike becomes easier. And, and whenever you have money in it, whenever you're actively participating in it, then it forces you to learn as opposed to like, yeah, I'll get to that one day. And then you never do. Something else that's grabbed our attention over time is knowing who to trust for advice. I mean, who out there is listening to this right now saying, 
I have no idea where to go for financial advice. I mean, if you're one of our active listeners to our show, we hope that you're getting some good ideas and, and thoughts along the way. Uh, but we hear often that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to plan. And then I get approached with just, I need to buy some kind of insurance or, you know, my, my parents had told me to go do this, but they really don't truly know the overall situation of their plan. And it's it's very difficult when when someone is trying to really get ahead and start preparing for their future that most times people are like, hey, I hear such a plethora of opinions and thoughts that I'm really, at the end of the day, I'm just really confused and I don't know who to go to. It doesn't help that we have financial entertainers online, right, all over the place uh, with different opinions and different thoughts. And I, I, I also think that a little bit of it is the mindset of most people is more tactical as opposed to strategic. And I, I know I've said that a lot on this podcast, but do I put money in a 401k is a tactical decision. Whereas people really want to think strategic first and then move to the tactical. And so when when you hear advice that is so, you know, take this pill kind of advice and, and everything's going to work out fine, like you really want to be skeptical of that. Like, oh, you just got to invest in real estate and you'll be massively successful. Maybe uh, depends on who you are, right? Depends on it. There is definitely a particular way to do anything and everything. And being very aware of who you're trusting for advice can can be a big can be kind of a hard thing to figure out and can be scary because you might be taking advice, not really knowing for sure if it's good advice. And so, you know, if you're in that position as well, it can even be, it can even be harder. And sometimes everyone tells you, there's a lot of times when people will say, well, I've heard the same advice from four people. So therefore I'm going to do it. Even that can be kind of scary. When, especially when you don't know enough of the information or at least at least 30 or 40% of the information I, I get scared when people come to us and we've never really met or planned with them. And they're just like, tell me what to do <laughs> because then it's yeah. like they're, they're just blindly trusting and then they end up buying stuff and then they don't know why. And they come back challenging it later. And especially as you're making decisions, it's really important to at least have some level of engagement. Maybe you don't want to be numbers and finance nerds like CJ and I are because it's, we love doing this. However, there should be a certain like baseline you need to establish to be able to really filter through what's happening. And I will say, Dr. Google, for all of our vet friends out there, you probably hate this when it comes to people with their animals. Uh, the same thing is like when it comes to getting advice, it's usually want to be able to go and have a consult and more planning around it and get educated first to be able to understand, okay, is this really what is happening? And our final thing, final scary thing that we'll talk about today is not having enough money when we need to retire. Right. There's, there's a lot that of people that get to that 60 years old. <laughs> <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, the finance guy is scared of not having enough money for retirement. Yeah, I think because it, it, it's it's kind of funny because the a lot of people don't even know that they should be scared about it. You know, they they, they don't like they like it's not even a motivation for them to even consider like, oh, yeah, I got to I got to plan for this thing that's three, four decades right. from now. Right, which is totally understandable. Like, I think for for anyone listening who's who's actually hearing this for the first time and going, "Well, yeah, I didn't know I should be scared of that." Well, this is a good episode probably for you, right? To 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 actually start to see like there is going to be a time in your life when you stop working, and it, it may be voluntary, it may not be. Like a lot of people might get in their fifties or their sixties and then get a health problem, and it takes them out of practicing veterinary medicine. Right. They, they, they didn't plan for that to happen. It just right. did happen. And they have no control over it because we don't really have control over our health. So 
you know, kind of coming back to the idea of how scary it would be, right? How scary would it be if you got to retirement, you're 60, 65 years old, you're forced to retire, or you're getting close to, to just being burnt out and wanting to retire like tomorrow. But then you realize that your balance sheet isn't built up enough because the last few years, you know, you've, you've had to, you, you've spent most of the money that you've made, right? You've been kind of one of those people that struggled from the, from the first thing we mentioned today of just spending more money than you make or living paycheck to paycheck because there's always something else that you've had to put money to, whether it be to redo your kitchen or put four kids through college when you thought you were only going to have two, two kids going to college, right? Like all these things that happen in life that will always kind of find their way into our, our finances and just being, being aware that, Hey, like not having enough money to retire, that's a real thing. And the best way to start getting that done is to is to start now on figuring out what is the next step that you've got to do in order That's to get absolutely there. Absolutely right. We've difference of opinion on this all the time. Some people are like, it's so far out, I don't even care. And then there's some people. I, I was talking with someone in their late twenties. She's all panicked about <laughs> retirement, and I get it. it. The biggest place to start is just to start doing something. And for those of you who are not doing anything, and you're just constantly making the now a priority. That's a problem. If you're a person that's always trying to make the future a priority, that's also a problem, I would say, because there's even thoughts around there's the with the fire movement that I've been hearing very mixed opinions around lately, the financial independence, retire early fire movement. And people are like, I spent all this time saving money to then not have to be able to work. But then they're like, yeah, it's, it's awful because I didn't really get to live my life. And we're living more of a restricted amount of income than we actually had anticipated. And our lives aren't what we quite thought they were going to be at this point. And it's interesting when these new thoughts and fads start popping up because there's really no idea of what it's really going to be at the back end because there's not enough history to really be able to, to work off of. So like when you think of planning as a whole, you know, before the 70s, people used to have pensions. They didn't really have to worry about saving. And now it's since then, pensions have really gone away for the, like the dinosaur. There's ways for you to create your own pensions. There's some really cool ideas to be able to do that. But uh, it's really going to be dependent on what you're going to do from a, a savings perspective point of view. If you're not going to put away money and save, then your plan's probably not going to work out the way you want it to. Please help us spread the word about the podcast by liking the Smarter Vet podcast Facebook page. If you found that this episode was useful and helpful to you, please make sure to share it with at least one of your friends. If you could pick three, that would be even better. Uh, or you can go back through our many shows that we have available through flvetadvisors.com. For all of you who are active listeners of the show, we're glad that you're here. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. C.J. Burnett and Tom Seiko are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. C.J. Burnett's and Tom Seiko's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose 
only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. 2023-163-813 expires October 2025.